I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Michael Ash, Chief Transformation Officer at Nebraska Medicine, a academic health system with over 1,000 physicians and 678 licensed hospital beds, including Nebraska Medical Center and Bellevue Medical Center. Dr. Ash will be discussing with us Nebraska Medicine's work with the electronic health record vendor Epic and the development of a new patient engagement application for the Apple Watch. Dr. Ash will describe what the application allows patients to do, but also how the application protects patient data. So now, Dr. Ash, to start, can you please very briefly describe for us what the new Apple Watch application does and what will it allow patients and clinicians to do? There's actually two applications, one that's designed specifically for patients, which is referred to as MyChart. What that allows is them to safely access their clinical information, communicate back and forth with their physicians, see messages, schedules, and get billing information. What Epic has done is they've taken it one step further and designed a app that works on the, works with them on the on the watch. And on the watch, they're able to see messages from their physician. They're able to see scheduling information, and if if there's an open schedule appointment made available to them, they can request that, as well as they can see the names of their medication and the dosing information. On the physician side, there's a similar application that securely allows physicians to access patient information on the app called Haiku. They can see their messages from the, the, the patient, appointments, medications, and take certain actions on medications. They can also start certain notes as well. On the watch, they're able to see messages, they're able to see their schedule and their, their patient list as well. So they can quickly just see where are they supposed to be, who are they supposed to see next. So now, can clinicians also use the Apple Watch to access this information? There's two separate applications. One, the MyChart for patients, and they can do those actions. And then that separate physician-only application that's securely links the physician to that organization, to that patient information, and they can see that information on the watch. So if they were rounding up on the floor and they, they wanted to see their patient list, they could swipe the Apple Watch and they could get that information pretty quickly. So please walk me through how this data is protected. The information doesn't reside permanently on the watch. We still recommend and enforce having a, at least a four-digit passcode or link to the security features within the phone itself, but the information doesn't reside on the, the watch itself. If you left the watch somewhere, then it times out either based on distance from which the, the phone moves away from the watch or uh, time times out and then requires that, that security code. There's additional security built within the EPIC applications themselves that make sure that that information is, is being transmitted securely and encrypted appropriately as, as it transmits to, to the source system. Lastly, some of the Siri security isn't, there's still opportunity to make that information even more secure. So we actually opted to turn off the Siri capability until we have a better appreciation of if that information is being transmitted within a HIPAA-compliant manner. So now the users, the patients, 
who are using the Apple Watch application, what sort of access do they get to their information in within Epic? Do they get to see test results? Do they see charts? You know, what is it exactly that they see, and how do you authenticate them as they view this information? So the the authentication when they have a it starts with either after a clinic visit, which is called a after visit summary, is generated. And based on the last four digits of their social security number, their date of birth, and other authentication steps, there is a 15-digit code that's generated. And that's the hexadecimal secure unique to that patient. The patient then creates a what's called a MyChart application. And that allows them to either access via the web, via desktop, laptop, their smartphone via a native application called um, MyChart or it also allows a watch to interact with that that secure application on an iPhone. Once they have that secure link made, that unique patient record that's associated with them, they're able on the the phone to do quite a few things. They're able to see that information that you mentioned. They're able to communicate back and forth with physicians. They're able to see their after-visit summary. They're able to see results. On the watch, a portion of that information is available. They're able to read messages from physicians. They're able to see upcoming appointments, appointment details, uh, location, direction information, et cetera, and then the full medication list with the uh, interactions. We've actually gotten sent to us some Facebook links where people are already posting that um, parents, in one example, that has a child, they were able to, to see that information and they were excited because that, that information would be with the, the patient if they wanted to doctor's visit or if they were, you know, needing to share that with another care provider. They really liked that, that information being readily available to them. So the patients that use the Apple Watch application, they, they're also using their iPhone, and you mentioned that the data doesn't, you know, get saved on the Apple Watch. Is it saved on the iPhone, and how is that protected? There's no permanent patient-identifiable information that's stored on the smartphone, the Apple or Android device. That's the same for the patient. That's also true for the physician application. The Apple Watch application is not a separate application. It is an extension of those native Haiku application for the physician, so it's kind of built into the um, physician iPhone application. Within the Apple Watch app, you you, you you just click the little toggle button that says that you want this to be available on your watch. The same happens for the patient. Most of that is just set to default to make it easier for the, the patient to access that information. So now, what kind of secure communication is used for the patient and the clinician to communicate back and forth? We may have to ask Epic for the the specifics. So there are HIPAA-compliant requirements on how electronic information is transmitted from smartphones to the the permanent database. That technically I know that they're compliant with those requirements. The the specifics, the ins and the outs, I, I wouldn't be able to represent Epic in that regard. So now, are any of your patients using other consumer wearable sorts of devices to access and send data to Nebraska Medicine? If so, what kinds of wearable devices, or what do you envision, perhaps, for the future? That's a great question. We're really excited about the 
potential of these applications in their early use are demonstrating real value. Nebraska Medicine, in conjunction with the University of Nebraska Medical Center, we actually were the recipient last year of a $10 million um, research grant, a grant in which we are issuing to diabetics glucometers, scales, blood pressure cuffs that electronically um, record and transmit that information to a group of remote monitoring nurses. The patients in those um, studies, this information hasn't been published, but as a physician, I'm just so excited about the, the data that we're getting back. It's fair to say that we're showing profound improvement in the control of diabetics that have previously not demonstrated comparable success. So we're seeing diabetics within 90 days go from poorly controlled to within range by using this information. We also, one of our first patients, one of the first six or seven patients we saw was a newly diagnosed diabetic that had been discharged from the hospital with blood sugars that were above 500. And our nurses were alerted to that high value, were able to safely transmit the patient to the emergency room for intervention, and their prescribed dose actually resulted in their blood sugar dropping profoundly. It's fair to say, it's accurate to predict that if this would have happened at home without this type of monitoring, it could have been a poor outcome. So we felt like this really is starting to lay the, the groundwork for how we will be treating our patients that are uh, diabetics and other chronic conditions. So we're incredibly excited by this technology. So now it sounds like there's a lot of health benefits to patients with these sorts of remote and wearable sorts of devices, medical devices, consumer devices. But what are the main privacy and security issues that you're worried about? Anything in particular that you've had to do differently as you're incorporating these devices and applications into your environment? We want to push the envelope, but we want to do it in a way that's very, very safe. So we haven't turned on every feature. We haven't enabled every device to communicate with our electronic medical records. So we are picking and choosing. So we didn't go with the cheapest glucometer um, out there that was able to electronically transmit that information, but instead we chose one that was um, demonstrated to work with a very secure encrypted technology to make sure that that information is being uh, safely transmitted to our nurses. So to answer that question fairly is, is we're, we're looking at each area, each application, and even each vendor to make sure that they're um, meeting the, the HIPAA requirements and that they're demonstrating their ability to securely transmit that information back and forth. Any suggestions to other healthcare entities who are also considering how consumer wearable devices and remote medical device and monitoring sorts of gadgets might be able to help their patients, especially when it comes to the privacy and security concerns? What should they be looking for before they jump ahead and do this? Again, a great question. I think there's two parts there. One, I would say, is be open-minded to the, the capability and what consumers and what patients are really asking for. A lot of docs in, in the earlier days, even in our organizations, and we're hearing from others still, is they're afraid that this is going to be more information, more bothersome to them than necessarily helpful from a uh, care and management of chronic diseases. So I would say be very open to where um, this technology is going and where it can take us as care providers and how we manage our patients. From the security, I think 
as you're open-minded looking forward, you also have a responsibility to make sure that that information is being very secure. And so really work with your, your, uh, your vendor partners, work with them closely to make sure that the interfaces are done in such a way that the information is being transmitted very securely. Now going back to the Apple Watch applications for the patients and the clinicians, are these applications developed strictly for Nebraska medicine patients and clinicians? Is this something that Apple will be making available and Epic will be making available to others? Are you helping them tweak it? I'm just trying to sort out this is something that's just for your organization or if others will be able to use this as well. Epic is making this available to all of their their clients. So there's currently five. We're the fifth site that's using this capability, the first in Nebraska. Where we're really working closely with Epic is around um, what's called their Healthy Planet application, which is part of chronic condition management. And so how can we use this application, and what are the features that would really help our care providers, our nurses in particular, better interact and more efficiently interact with people with diabetes, as an example. And Epic's been very responsive. We've had numerous meetings with their, their senior leadership all the way down to the engineers actually coding the capability to make sure that it's, it's going to meet the needs of the, the patients that we serve. So we're, we, we couldn't be happier with our relationship with Epic, and we're really excited how this is going to help the, the patients that we serve. Finally, are there any suggestions that you have for patients who use these applications in terms of them being careful with, you know, the privacy and security of the data that they generate or see using these apps? I think if you're a patient, it's hard to know what questions to ask, but I think one that you need to consistently look at is what information is stored on the device itself. And that may make it really convenient if I don't have Internet connection or if I don't want to waste or you know, spend carrier minutes that have that information reside on a server somewhere. But if you lose that phone or if that phone is traded in, you don't want that type of information to reside. So it may appear innocent enough having your, your weight be read by one person may not be that um, uncomfortable. Having your weight transmitted to hundreds of people would be really uncomfortable. Now imagine if that is information about your chronic condition. Imagine if that's information about your diabetes. So you want to be really, really careful to have that, that information be protected and treated as uh, sacred. And is that information on the device encrypted? Is it password protected? Or again, it, it doesn't reside on those devices? I think you have to look at each device individually. So some information will reside. The many glucometers keep their information on the, uh, you know, on the memory built within the, the hardware device. So some devices do absolutely keep that. But where is that information being transmitted? Actually looking at the, the user agreements to make sure that that information isn't being sold or reused for other purposes kind of gives you an idea of what is the intent of the device manufacturer. We're very careful to look and make sure that no patient identifiable information would ever be compromised. Or, so we, we have security officers, we have privacy officers, we have entire teams that are dedicated to making sure that the, the vendors 
as well as the systems that we're using are absolutely safe and compliant. Thank you, Dr. Ash. I've been speaking to Dr. Michael Ash. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.